0: Morning, Springhouse. So I'm here to talk about the handoff today, a couple of handoffs, actually. Ronnie, I remember 33 years ago or thereabouts when uh, the first handoff happened uh, when you came to the church. I remember uh, when you told me you were uh, coming back from Africa and going to Smyrna to pastor, first assembly of God here at the time. And I, and I also uh, remember what it was like at the days of the chapel before we uh, visited Bruce and Jill in Africa. And considering the culture and the spiritual climate at the chapel, in many ways we were both prepared uh, before we headed out to meet Bruce and Jill in Africa. Now those are, those are an interesting couple guys. We were told to bring hats and we were rocking those hats. Uh, but yeah, we went out to meet the Kobolds and encourage them while they were on the mission field in Africa, in Zimbabwe. Looking back to the time when we arrived and and visited Bruce at the school uh, where he was teaching and participated in worship services there and in the local church, uh, it was pretty clear that our experience at the Lord's Chapel had prepared us for their style of worship and for their style of teaching. And except for your hesitation uh, about not wanting to see a lion roar outside of small, uh, Bruce's small little uh, Nissan station wagon where we were visiting the lion cheetah park, uh, I figured you'd be back in Africa. After uh, our trip to visit the Kobels, and after God put a call on your family's heart, you guys sold everything, packed up, and uh, went to the to, to school where we'd been visiting Bruce and Jill to teach. When you guys were in Africa, though, I always thought that when you came back, you'd come back to ministering at the Lord's Chapel where we were when you left. But as you were in the process of uh, moving back from Africa, you heard God speak to you. And I was really surprised when you told me that you're going to be coming back and pastoring the church at uh, Smyrna First Assembly where your dad was retiring. Knowing your dad just a little bit at that time, And knowing you pretty well, I was having trouble seeing how that transition was going to work out. (laughs) I mean, uh, I was kind of curious to see what that was going to look like, uh, really, to be honest. But, um, you know, having been here literally most of that time, I mean, certainly visiting initially and then moving here shortly after and starting at the 10 church, uh, that transition's gone well. It's been smooth. It's, you know, there have been some exciting times, but by and large, it's really been smooth. I remember those early days, and uh, that small group of elders and the deacons that were uh, formed uh, the deaconship that was formed at that time um, as the transition began and as uh, as it did, it was really interesting to look at your mom and dad to see the love that they had for the lord the 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 heart they had for god 's direction in the transition, and the love that they had for you, their son and it sure made it a beautiful thing to watch that unfold and see the transition that happened. Now, given the fact, and this is a slide that was shown earlier, that uh, because of the Lord's Chapel days and knowing you then, I knew there was a pretty big deposit of creativity in you and your family. (laughs) So really, no one was surprised when one of the early theatrical uh, productions at the church had... uh, a lot of the parishioners, uh, some of which that were actually dressed similarly as they had been on other occasions at some of the uh, at some of the body life events at the picnic at the Etheridges, uh, for instance. Yeah, the creative juices definitely flowed deep in the body, and and it was no surprise that uh, kids' productions wouldn't be the only thing that was happening and coming out of Springhouse. In fact, uh, it was no surprise at all to see. Uh, things transition uh, to include adults. You've cared well for the flock. I'm sure you recognize some of these folks in this collage. I know you've mentioned some of them last week. Some of the early members that were here, many of which are still walking with us here today in the body, some of which have gone on to be with Jesus and are are moving ahead of us and kind of leading the way for where we're headed. But it's been beautiful to watch all along the way the transition and the transformation of where the church was to where it is today is Springhouse Worship and Arts Ministry Center. Which brings me to today. Another handoff, the handoff we're participating in today, yet a second handoff. Ronnie, because of your heart for the Lord and the portion of the body of Christ that he's brought here for you to minister to, the way he's entrusted you and the way you've um, just really moved in ministry in love and wisdom as a pastor with a heart for the people, most every way, it seems like the present transition has happened well before today. And this handoff has happened well before today. Certainly within the last six months, so much of it's happened as you've released the helm to Kevin and you, as you've poured into his life and Sherry's life through the years and as you've poured into the various leaders' life here, you've, you've prepared and made arrangements for this day. You know, I feel like we've seen a transition done well with your father as he handed things off to you. And I think it's set a beautiful example of how to release things. I know I've seen it well, as, uh, well done with my dad in the business that I've been involved in years ago when he handed that off. And uh, as I look at to today, I just, uh, I just really want to speak to you as somebody that's known you since before your kids were born. Somebody that's known you um, before you went into the ministry full time. Somebody that's walked with you at the Lord's Chapel, that's been with you to visit the Cobles and, and, and visit uh, the work in Africa, that's watched and helped you and encouraged you and, as you went. Somebody that's here as you came back and has watched you minister to the body all this time. I just want to say, well done, brother. You've done well. This handoff has been made well. You've done a great job. To commemorate this handoff, I've got a couple of things for you in this bag. Um, just quickly, they're both uh, they're both Giants, uh, San Francisco Giants footballs. One of them's a little larger size and hopefully you'll display that as a, a commemoration of this event and our love for you and honoring you today. The other one's a little smaller. It's perfectly sized for you to play football with your grandsons and sort of get them in the right lane as far as a football team goes. Love you, brother. Congratulations. Ronnie, on a wonderful day in your life and a new chapter that you are beginning. I'm very proud of uh, you as my friend and my brother in Christ. And I'm so thankful that we reconnected in recent years and have uh, not only maintained but strengthened our bond of friendship. You've done a wonderful job and you have been exemplary in your faith, and in your walk. So for these next uh, years ahead, I wish you God's best and all of his finest blessings on your life. Well, hello, my name
1: is Aaron Allison. I'm the lead pastor of CIL Church in Hendersonville. And about 16 or 17 years ago, I met Pastor Ronnie, and we were instantly uh, friends. For the last, well, over 10 years now, he has been an overseer at our church. Um, I, I met him, and I needed a model of an unconventional pastor. And this congregation is not a conventional church. And that's something I needed in my life because I had believed a lie that I had to conform to a certain mold. And Pastor Ronnie broke the mold. <laughs> About 11 years ago, uh, we started going to lunch once a month with some, of other, some other pastors. So I didn't make it every month, but it's safe to say I've had lunch with Ronnie at least 100 times. And every time he's ordered water with no lemon, And they've brought lemon with the water every single time. And this guy can handle any adversity smoothly. But man, a hundred times I've seen him get ticked off about that. (laughs) One time I asked him, I said, Pastor, I said, are are we just getting older or is service getting worse? And he said, yes. (laughs) At these lunches, We laughed, we argued, we observed culture, we talked about books, and we cried together. It's tough times. See, Pastor Ronnie mentored me, not by telling me what to do, but by showing me who he really was. And when I was with him, I felt loved not as my role as a pastor, but as a human being. So Pastor Ronnie, you've given me the gift of authenticity, the gift of being human and being real, and a man who's after God's own heart. And I thank you for that. And I wanna speak to this house and to Pastor Ronnie. Your greatest leadership is about to be displayed because God is going to take this church to new levels in him. And he is going to get the glory, but it's being built on your shoulders and your dad's shoulders. And the test of a leader is not what he's done, but what happens after he's gone. Get ready to see the best leadership you've ever seen. Glory to God for this.
0: We oui. okay, Hello, Ronnie.
2: Can't believe that it's actually that time that you're going to transition to do something else, but just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate you and all the years that you guys have prayed for us, um, supported us. We're still here in Africa sharing the good news of the gospel, helping churches grow in the grace and the knowledge of God. You're one of the reasons that I have a love for the Word of God, you demonstrated that to me, and how much you appreciated the Word and committing it to memory, and it was an encouragement to me to dive further into the Word. So I just want to thank you guys so much. Uh, I know you're missing Margaret; we miss her as well. You guys were such a blessing in my life at a very crucial time. Just wanted to let you know that uh, you mean so much to us. I hope one day you can come visit us. I know that. You spent your years in Zimbabwe, but uh, hey, Ivory Coast is calling you too. If you ever get the urge, we'd love to have you over here. God bless you, and we love you so much. God
3: bless you. We love you guys. Thank you so much.
4: Bye. Good morning. I'm Jeff Gregory. I'm the president and founder of Reaching 360. You can look that up later if you want to, see what we do, but... We target unreached and unengaged people groups around the world, but it's about being here today to honor your pastor. Um, I've known him for 20 plus years and I've watched him at a distance and up close. We're standing in this facility today that is literally reaching thousands of people for Christ because of a man's integrity, the way he's lived his life. He's a man that truly is seeking after God with all his heart. It's a testament by his family, his children, his grandchildren, and each and every one of you. I've watched him take a stand when it wasn't politically correct, and you stood there and you took it because you knew your integrity was on the Word of God, and nothing was going to deter you from building what God had called you to build. No denomination, no fellowship, nothing was going to interfere with your ability to do what God had called you to do. And I watched that, and I watched you stand there. I watched people turn their back on you, but you never turned away from God and his will. And we stand here, like Pastor Aaron just so eloquently put, it's only beginning. The foundation is solid today because of this man. He stood on the word of God. He has poured the word of God into each and every one of your lives, as he has done for mine. We have traveled And built some churches together between uh, Kenya and Tanzania and some unreached areas. Uh, I was going to tell some funny things, but it's not really funny. But the only one thing you did do on this trip was you sent me Wayne. You know, we're in the middle of the bush and we don't have many rules, but we have a few so you don't get eaten by lions or leopards. And what does your representative Wayne do in the middle of the bush? We're working diligently to build a house of God to represent this house. And we look up and Wayne's wandering off with a guitar on his back. (laughs) And there's only one tree in the Savannah. Well, that tree is where the lions hang out and the lepers and there's Wayne. He's going to the tree. (laughs) You know why? The creativity comes out in him. He had a song. But what you don't know is that that church today, when they open their praise to worship, that's the song they sing. Because of your vision, your direction, they're singing that song today. So see, what you see here is only a touching of the iceberg of what he has done. The lunches that, that Aaron was talking about... I, when we started reaching 360, uh, the people that you think will stand with you are the ones that turn their back on you the first. And I was in a place of isolation, in a desert place. And he reached out and said, hey, will not you come lunch with us? And I looked at my wife and I was like, man, I don't know if I want to drive in there and have lunch. She said, you, you make time. And I can tell you on my calendar, she will tell you that takes priority over everything except our anniversary and our birthdays. If I am in this country, I'm at that lunch. Because we can sit there together as people with with one vision, one passion, that has reached the lost. And as we do that, like Aaron was saying, we share about everything. We don't have the same political views, we don't have the same views about a lot of things, but we can commune and, and our love of God is the same. To see people's lives changed to affect the kingdom of God is the same. And I just want to honor you and say thank you because not only have I watched you from a distance and up close, but you're a friend. You're a friend that sticks closer. We, we've, we've walked through a lot of things together with prayer and fasting that we stood in the gap for one another. And I am so excited to see what's going to happen in the next 20 years in his life because now there's a freedom uh, Pastor Ronnie was going to get some t-shirts made. It said it had a little arrow. It said ask Kevin (laughs) So back just so you know backstage I asked Kevin I said hey Kevin What are we supposed to do with these microphone things? We're going to do this? He said no, no, no I said Kevin what are we going to do? I'm making a executive order Come backstage So it gives him a sense of freedom to go and do more of what God's called him to do at a different level And I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for being my friend and setting an example of what we can do together if we stay focused on the one thing and that's reaching the lost.
5: A pastor's work is that of a servant. First and foremost, their lives and ministry should reflect their service to the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Following that, they labor in their congregations with extended consideration for the church worldwide. Some might see such a position as essential. I certainly do. During the 40-plus years I've known Pastor Ronnie, I've watched him carry out his works of faith and his labors of love with steadfast hope. He's attempted to live his life in obedient service by advancing the kingdom of God. For that, he deserves to be acknowledged, thanked, and honored. Such service as that is the essence of worship. Colossians three seventeen says Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father.
6: When I was asked to share
5: a thought or two in regards to Ronnie's life, I began pondering what to say. The Holy Spirit gave me a word, but not a thus saith the Lord word. Rather, one word in specific, and that word is fidelity. Fidelity is defined as faithfulness to a person, cause, or belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. Working faithfully day in and day out over the years of one's life is a sign of fidelity in action. Ronnie has discharged his duties that way. I'm honored to have been linked up with him, bringing glory to God in the name of Christ Jesus through the presence and power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the Message Bible says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him.
6: Hey, everybody. I'm Pastor Clay Baggett. I'm the senior pastor at Three Oaks Church in Gallatin. And today, thank you for letting me be a part of this celebration. You're celebrating one of my favorite people, Pastor Ronnie Meek. And I am honored to be here. So real quickly, I was thinking about three things that, uh, I think of when I think of Ronnie and I'm deaf. It's church. I'm be careful, careful. <laughs> uh, the first thing I think of when I think of you, Ronnie, I, I think of uh, friend. I think of friend, uh, I think of crazy too, but we'll stick with friend, friend, because you've been such a great one over all these years. You know, one of the things I love about you is that you, you sought me out. Uh, you became my friend, you befriended me in a time when I felt isolated and I felt uh, out of place and I f- felt that way a lot in my life. And you know, you stepped into that and you just loved me. And man, I can never repay that. you. I hope that I can be, and have been that friend to you in many ways. But I think a friend, uh, the next thing I think of, I I think of inspiring. You inspire the people around you, Ronnie. You inspire everybody. I, I think of the creativity and everything that you and Margaret created in, in this season of your life. And it's powerful. It's beautiful. And it was groundbreaking in so many ways. And it's just beautiful. So I I think of inspiring. And the last thing is roots. I think of roots. And when I, when I say that, many of you may not know this, but the Meek family and the Baggett family have interconnected in the past. And by that I'm talking about legacy. You see, Ronnie's family, his dad, his mom, when they built these churches that he talked about last week, the church that I pastor now was one of those churches. You see, his family planted the seed that filled my father's ministry in his life for many, many years. And now it does the same for me. That seed is amazing. And that was your family. That was you. I think of those roots and I think of that legacy and how you always honored your father. You inspired me. And today I want you to know you inspire so many. Ronnie, you are amazing. You are a friend. And today as you <laughs> close the door <laughs> on this season of your life, I hope that this next season is filled with joy and laughter and creativity and adventure. I know it's going to be great, but today we just want to say thank you for being you. Thank you for committing to what God called you to. Because as another, as a pastor myself, (laughs) it's not always easy, but you stuck it out. Thank you for that. Today, Ronnie, we celebrate you. You finished well. This season, you finished well. you got another season to finish now, so you better get to work. <laughs> Ronnie, we love you, and we celebrate what God has done through you. Man, we love you. Uh, Three Oaks Church and Living Deal Ministries, we appreciate your input into our lives. Be blessed, my friend.
7: Pastor Ronnie, Preston Sharp here. I am so glad that we have this opportunity today to celebrate you, <laughs> to celebrate all that you mean to so many people and what a blessing you have been in so many people's lives and a blessing in the world. Today, of course, we celebrate all that you mean to Springhouse, <laughs> this place that you have been part of building here. Uh, we celebrate all that you've led in worship all the people you've ministered to and counseled and prayed over and all the leaders that you've trained up. But also we thank, we're so thankful for your character, for the ways that you follow Jesus, for the ways that you're led by the Holy Spirit and how that informs so much of who you are. You have blessed so many of us. We've seen the fruit in so many people's lives and in ministries because of what God has done in you. We know that there's been a lot of struggles over the years, as there is with, are with any minister and any pastor, um, and we're thankful for how you've been faithful and you've walked through each of those things. I personally am thankful for the ways that you've been a blessing to me, that you welcomed me into a monthly lunch of pastor's where we could share our burdens together, where I could be honest about what I was struggling with and going through. And you'd encourage me to keep my head up, (laughs) to keep moving. And you've been such an encouragement and a blessing to me. And I'm so thankful for that. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for the joy that you bring to all that you do. And we celebrate today all that God has done in your life to move the kingdom of God forward. We are just resting for all the great things that are ahead We love you, we thank you, blessings to you on this day, Pastor Ronnie.
8: Springhouse Theater Company has staged many performances of It's a Wonderful Life, and Mr. Potter declares at one point, I'll go one further, George Bailey is the savings and loan. If someone said Ronnie Meek is Springhouse Theater Company, they would not be far from the truth. This ministry of our church, which has benefited from the use of space and resources, has, under the guidance of Pastor Ronnie as executive producer, taken in more than $6,866 in ticket sales, with well over $100,000 of that revenue being returned to Spring House in budget assistance during lean times, shared staff, paying for shared staff wages, and for improving sound and light and video equipment. Since 2007, which is what I have data for, more than 83,356 people have attended performances in this room. Since 2004, we have staged 70 major performances, between which Ronnie and Margaret directed more than 20 of those shows. Additionally, Margaret uh, costumed Upwards of 75% of those shows and Ronnie built and painted sets and did whatever needed to be done. If you've ever shared the stage with Ronnie Meek, you have been on stage with a professional actor. If you were blessed to share a scene and lines with him, he made you a better actor. Twice I've been in a performance where Ronnie had to step in and take the place of an actor who couldn't continue. Uh, the most tragic one was when Daryl Fulton's wife suddenly passed away in between the weekend runs of You Can't Take It With You. Not a single person at one of those performances could have ever known that Ronnie was a stand-in. He was excellent. Whether he was the lead, Tevia, Scrooge, Don Quixote, or part of an ensemble, Clarence, or Jeremiah Mears, or Arnold Wiggins, or Dad, or Frank Gianelli, or Grandpa Vanderhoef, or Inspector Javet, or whether he just had a few memorable scenes like Matthew Cuthbert, Doc, or R.F. Simpson. He brought excellence and generosity to all that he did. A testimony to his generosity and optimism, well, Margaret might have called it something else, was when he directed The Music Man... In 2008 and from this very stage said if you audition for this show I will put you in the show which really meant that Margaret had to actually costume a small town of people I don't know if you know this but people can be difficult to work with and theater people are people playing other people so they are very people-y so here on this stage backstage and in the wings Ronnie and Margaret modeled consistency, transparency, excellence, diligence, acceptance, love, and mercy. They built a safe, creative space for theater people to grow and thrive, and in some cases, find their way back to the church and Jesus. When we arrived at Smyrna Assembly, one of the things that made Michael and me feel comfortable with Smyrna Assembly was that Ronnie taught from a manuscript. It gave us confidence to know that he had thought about what he was going to say, had it written down and prepared in advance. What a concept. (laughs) Pastor Ronnie has said more than once that his favorite part of being a pastor is what he gets to do right here on this stage, deliver the word. And he has done that faithfully and skillfully, and if your vocabulary hasn't grown, or you're not better equipped to win a trivia night game, then you haven't been paying attention. (laughs) What we have been witness to, I believe, is analogous to what Scottish preacher and athlete Eric Little said about his running. I believe we have watched a man who was made for a purpose, to give life to words, and to bring words of life. And when he does that, he feels God's pleasure. And when we get to watch that up close week after week, it is beautiful and powerful and life-changing. If you have ever wondered what Colossians 3:23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters looks like dressed And walking around, look no further. It looks like Margaret and Ronnie Meek.
3: It's been 25 years, a quarter of a century. As I was thinking about this, celebration over the last month, I'd say, I started going into calendars, and I went to 1996, and one of the insignias kept popping up, uh, LRH rehearsals. LRH rehearsals, what's that? Uh, Long Road Home. We kind of started out jumping right in. The fam was in it, everybody in the family. We entrusted our professional acting lives with you and uh, it was a wonderful experience as it has been all these years, uh, being covered by you And I can't help but say thank you. And the thank you is just not big enough for covering my family and pointing us to Jesus because that's what you do so well. You grace us in. You graced in my husband and he drug in the family and... What a wonderful season in our lives it's been because we cannot help but know that He's been with us. The Lord has been truly with us because you consecrated yourself to this great work. So from funerals to weddings to baptisms and maybe... One of my favorites was the men's dance class. Thank you. My heart is full. My mind is full of memories, although I couldn't really do the date thing and remember dates, but so full. What a wonderful season. Congratulations. Looking forward to seeing what else you're gonna do next. (laughs) Kinda know some things. But, thank you. God bless your journey as you have blessed us.
9: Are we, are we, do, doing are we really doing, we doing this? It? I don't know. Yeah. I don't didn't want to do, us to do this. Yeah.
10: Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out real fast, Long Road Home. That was a play that my dad wrote and I played a stripper in that. I was like, "Oh Are my gosh!" I never thought even about that. Say so, that? like, Dad wrote it. It was a Christian. Poem. Well, I was actually about to <laughs> we say <did> it here. <laughs> that the kids were
11: coming out, so it's getting real now. But that got really real, like super real, too real. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we're on a delay, and you can like 10 second edit that. Um, so, <laughs> that if you home? have multiple children, then you will understand that there is one of the three out here with a prepared speech. Yeah. So that. That's going to be me. I'm going to go first. And there's one that should have been on a 10-second delay. And so, um, <laughs> um, if you've been around here for a while, then you'll recognize this, right? Um, many, many years of dad giving blessings. And we could probably never count the amount of blessings that he's given us uh, every single morning on the couch growing up before we went to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote one for you, dad. So this is your blessing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, May the Lord bless you and keep you. Oh, you don't wanna keep your hands up the whole time because it is, whew. May you have many mornings and afternoons to walk down Pawpaw Springs Road and pray. May your hosting heart be full with chances to invite over friends, to play Scategory, Trivial Pursuit, and any other game where you can pretty much destroy the competition. <laughs> May you watch movies. May *Waking Ned Divine* and *Moulin Rouge* and *Christmas Vacation* be played in your home, time and time again. May you travel out west, overseas, to big cities and national parks, and may you find more shells on the beach. May you get to play everything with your grandkids—football, baseball, video games, Legos, dolls, etc. May you read great books. May you write a book or a screenplay. Or another play? (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe all of those. May you have opportunities for creativity. Acting, directing, and producing is producing an opportunity for creativity. I'm not sure. Okay. May your time on stage remind you of the line in Chariots of Fire, When I Run, I Feel His Pleasure. May you eat all the best ice cream, vanilla with select add-ins, May you drive slower. (laughs) Let me repeat that. May you slow down when you drive. May you have time for hobbies, old and new, and may you paint beautiful, fun, and thoughtful pieces. May you whistle when you walk. Everyone knows you are the world's best whistler. And may you sing in the car, and may you sing loudly. May you have health and ambitions and love. And may you take the time to reminisce. May the sound of wind chimes always bring you peace. And may all the memories that you have created here in this place give you joy. And may those memories continue to be told, shaking now, and held in esteem. And may they be life-giving. But most importantly, may Jesus continue to be the center of it
9: all. You want me to go?
10: Mean, uh, either way. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. I'll go.
9: Um, that was great. I know. Thank yeah. you. Why, why don't you write your blessings for everyone? <laughs> be much better. Uh, there were a lot of things that I thought about saying, and it was hilarious because when we were back there, our one was like, did any of you prepare? No? Nobody? Okay. Just me? I'll go first. Um, But Valerie and I have a a treasure trove of things to say, but there's really one thing that stood out uh, when I woke up this morning. I've had like four or five things, but one thing that really stood out to me, uh, and that's that you are a dreamer who achieves his dreams, Mm. and that to me is something that I've desired more than almost anything. I married a woman who's like that because I found it in you and didn't even realize it, and that's a seed that you've sown into this house, the reason why this is not just a big room for a church, but it's actually a theater, it's because it was your dream. And honestly, everything that you've dreamed, you've done. And it's because God's been with you, but it's also because you've taken that same idea and given it to these people, to everyone in your life, whether it's people in this house or people who've been connected to this house. That's who you are. You're a dreamer, and you're, you're the man who achieved his dreams, pursued it with all his heart. And that, for me, has been one of the greatest lessons and one of the greatest things that you could have ever done for me and one of the things that I'm the most thankful for. And so, yeah, in the interest of time, that's all I'll say today yeah. other than thank you. But that, to me, is honestly one of the greatest seeds. Like, if you've got these dreams in your heart for, for what God's, like, calling you, whether it's to be a baker or to be a pastor or to be a woodworker, like, pursue them. Mm-hmm. Just like Pastor Ronnie has. Yeah. God blesses it. I mean, look at this. I remember uh-huh. when this was not here.
10: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my dad has always been bold. You're very bold and you're fearless and it's not because you're reckless and it's not because you haven't known hurt or disappointment. It's because you don't cling to it. Um, when I was doing Greenleaf, I would sit at restaurants alone for dinner and so I'd like to sit at the bar because then you could talk to people and I had a man come up and sit beside me, an older man one time and he saw my scripts and he was like, oh, I have this great idea for a a movie I want to write. It's about the church and he started talking to me and he'd been a pastor for 20 years and was just talking about all the hurts he'd seen in the church and I was like, oh, you know, my dad's a pastor actually and he's like, oh, how long has he been in ministry? And I said, 30 years and he goes, 30 years. That's that's too long he said anything <laughs> he said i don't know a single person who's made it over two decades who their life hasn't fallen apart he said they just you get burnout because you see the worst in people and i have to say as a pk as a pastor's kid but honestly just as a christian it's true uh, the hurts that we experience in the church can cut so much deeper than the hurts we experience outside, because we feel like they shouldn't be there. And Christians are just failed humans. We're all just trying in love, but it's so easy to attach negativity to that. And when you're the pastor, and you're leading all these broken people, and they like to rise up against you like children and rail at you, to not cling to those hurts for over 30 years and to just keep going and keep building. And then on top of that, to be a dreamer and to be bold and fearless and to have such a joyful spirit. Dad, you're inspiring. It's really cool and it is such a blessing to be your actual child and it's been a blessing for all of us to be children in your congregation.
12: Thank you. Greetings, Springhouse Family Church. We're so excited to be joining you from Zimbabwe in celebrating Pastor Ronnie Mick's retirement. He was such a great pastor, he still is, and a great influence in our life. More than 30 years ago, you can imagine Pastor Ronnie Mick and Margaret came to Southern Africa in Zimbabwe and uh, to teach at a Bible college. I was privileged to be one of those students that sat under his teaching for all those years pastoronomic has been the greatest influence in my life. there were a group of students today who came out of that class who were influencing hundreds of thousands of lives around the world ministering the gospel and changing lives and transforming nations today, you give me the very last lesson on how to finish well. And I am so thankful to the Lord for what you have been and what you have meant in my own life. That it is possible to run this race, to share the goodness of Jesus Christ, maintain the integrity of God's word, as you have always emphasized, and to be able to finish your race and tell the next generation, just like the Apostle Paul. I ran a good race. I fought a good fight of faith. I did my part. My crown of righteousness is just laid ahead of me. And I see the future with hope. And I bless you and I thank you, sir, for what you have done. And I wish you well in your time of retirement. You remain an inspiration to all of us. And for you, Springhouse, You have been blessed to have one of the finest shepherds I would have desired to sit under for the remainder of all my days. Thank you so much for this wonderful day. Enjoy your celebration as a church and enjoy the gift of God that he has given among you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.
13: Um, I'm that guy right there. (laughs) When I came into the church, I've never seen so many giants. I had to resist the urge to bring in a sling and five smooth stones. (laughs) Um. (laughs) As Jesus uh, ministered to the Sumerian woman, at the well, he said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. For the worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks as worshipers. Uh, I met Ronnie and Margaret Meek, I believe, in 1977. And we were volunteers um, as youth leaders for a teenage group at the church, which you've heard before about the Lord's Chapel. And when I first met Ronnie in that meeting with the teenagers, and we were listening to the youth pastor introduce folks, and... Uh, Then we worshiped, which was important. And I heard this wonderful, gifted voice worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he worshiped in spirit and in truth. And that led to the following years of Ronnie and Margaret, and then Wayne joined us a short time after that. In every youth event, no matter what it was, there was worship of our Savior. Because the Lord dwells in the praises of his people, And we wanted the teenagers to know and to experience the indwelling spirit of God that comes through worship. And event after event, it didn't matter. There was always worship. But you see, we had a person who worshiped in spirit and truth who could lead us. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And then on Sunday mornings for a number of years, Ronnie led over a 1,000 people in worship, in spirit and in truth. And the worship would go at least um, 30 to 45 minutes. And right after the worship, there would be an altar call. And as the people experienced the presence of the Lord, they streamed to the altar for salvation and for healing and for counseling because they were led into worshiping God in spirit and truth, and such people God seeks after. Isn't that wonderful that God seeks after you as you worship? And then, I believe it was in 1978, all these things of last century, Ronnie. (laughs) I heard Ronnie preach for the first time And this is his text. In the same way, God, desiring even more to show the heirs of the promise, the unchangeableness of his purpose, interposed with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things, which is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil. And as I listen to Ronnie teach on this passage of scripture, I envision that anchor of hope that Jesus Christ took when he rose from the dead and he ascended to the Father, and he planted that anchor, that hope like an anchor in the Holy of Holies, and sits at the right hand of God as my high priest and your high priest and intercedes. And I could just picture it. And to this day I have it. And we are fettered, with a fetter, to that anchor through our faith. And it held me, just like it's held you, through all different experiences in life. But I was taught that. The scriptures were explained to me that my hope is anchored in heaven and not in this world. And it works, and it blessed and it grew roots deep within my life. And then finally, uh, I remember when Isaac was born. And all the youth leaders went down to the hospital in Nashville and we looked through the glass of that nursery window. And we were all so excited for Ronnie and Margaret for this wonderful gift of this son that God had given. And then watching Ronnie raise up his children I could not help but Ephesians 6, 4, that really came to mind. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And I watched Ronnie Margaret do that year after year after year um, in this country and in Zimbabwe. And I admired them so much in their relationship with their children and what they taught them. And I just blessed me because he was fulfilling the scriptures, living what he believed, uh, and we've seen the fruits of it this morning in the children and the grandchildren. Um, So, how do I finish? The world needs more worship, or the church needs more worshipers, like Ronnie Meek, who worship in spirit and truth. the church needs more worshipers like Ronnie Meek and the world needs more fathers like Ronnie Meek and as the students at the Bible school told you brother when you left and they sang to him and they sang well done Meeky well done Meeky bless you brother
14: morning morning. my name is Ray Cash I till recently is was the rector of St. Patrick's Anglican Church in Murfreesboro I retired a few weeks ago so Ronnie welcome to the land of the unemployed (laughs) I also have never been a stripper in one of Ronnie's plays when I moved here in 1996 to plant a church I didn't know a soul and so it was very lonely work. And I heard that there was a ministerial alliance meeting, so I was eager to meet some clergy. It met next door at what was Smyrna Assembly of God. So I came to the meeting and to tell you the truth, I was, I was pretty disappointed. There was a lot of talk about, well, how many did you have in Sunday school and how many were in your worship service and how much money did you raise last Sunday? And I thought, this is like a bunch of little boys standing around having a spitting contest. I don't think I belong in this meeting. And then I met Ronnie, and we started talking, and I didn't have to talk to him for long, and I thought, here's the real deal. This is a man that's not interested in building the kingdom of Ronnie, he's interested in building the kingdom of God. And I need to get to know this man. So we started having breakfast weekly, and uh, what fascinated me was there was this authority that he had that I was trying to figure out. And then one day it hit me, He's one of those men that I read about in the Old Testament. He's one of the elders of a city who sits at the city gate, and you come to him for wisdom and justice and mercy. And I began to look at him as an elder of this city, a man I would go to when I've got questions that need to be answered. Then a few years passed, and and after you all left the Assemblies of God, some other younger ministers did the same thing and then came to him to be an overseer. So one day we're driving in the car and I said, you know, Ronnie, overseer in the Greek is episkopos, which the King James Bible translates bishop. You just need to go ahead and admit you're a bishop and start buying all the stuff. We can probably find you a pointy hat on eBay. And, you know. and, and I was only really half kidding because I really did see him as a bishop in God's one holy church. In fact, I had a section in our bulletin at church that we prayed for other ministries and we prayed for Ronnie, Bishop of Smyrna. And I meant that. I meant that. Then one day the Anglican bishop came to visit us and do confirmations. And after worship, I'm driving him to lunch and we're pulling into the parking lot and the bishop says to me, so tell me about this Ronnie, Bishop of Smyrna fellow. <laughs> and I thought, ruh-roh. And just as I'm trying to figure out how to explain this and not get in trouble, Ronnie and Margaret pull in right next to me. And I said, Bishop, I'll do you even one better. I will introduce you to the Bishop of Smyrna. And they shook hands and chatted briefly and and all was well. But let me tell you what really sealed our friendship for me. In 1998, I believe it was, my father-in-law was dying in Chattanooga. So my wife and I went back home to spend the last few days with him. The family had asked me to preach his funeral sermon, so I was upstairs writing the sermon when my mother-in-law called me to come down. And my beloved Bill died right as I was giving him last rites. The pressure for that sermon for me was unbelievable. I, I loved him like I loved my own father, so I knew that my emotions would be warring against me the whole time. I obviously didn't wanna preach a clunker in front of my family. But also the place was entirely packed. Bill had been a principal and a teacher and a coach and a referee for over 40 years. So he was well-known and well-loved. People literally stood an hour and a half in line to pay their respects. So with this unbelievable pressure like I'd never felt before, I stepped into the pulpit of St. Paul's in Chattanooga, honestly full of fear and trembling. And I looked out on the congregation... And there was Ronnie me. I didn't know he was coming. There was a thousand things he could have done besides driving to Chattanooga to the funeral of a man he'd never met. But he was there for me and he was there for my family to give us the kind of support we desperately needed at that moment. And I thought, brother, that's friendship. That's friendship. And so I want to thank you for inviting me to honor this man, an elder of our city, a bishop in God's one holy church, and a friend, probably most importantly, a friend to me. But I, I must add one other thing. A real preacher has got one, two, maybe three life messages that come through him, through his sermons and through his life. Doesn't, doesn't, sometimes doesn't even have to say a word and you get the message. And one of the life messages that has come through Ronnie to me very simply put in two words, exalt Jesus, exalt Jesus, exalt Jesus. If you leave here today only thinking what a wonderful man Ronnie is, and he is, but if that's your only thought, then we as a church have missed his life message because he lives and breathes to exalt Jesus and that's the legacy he wants to leave with us as a church. So we honor him, but we exalt Jesus. Now someone might ask, well, why make the distinction? Well, let me answer that question with some questions. Who is it that died for you to take away your guilt and your shame? Who is it that was raised from the dead to defeat your greatest enemy, death? Who is it that has ascended into heaven to prepare a place for you? Who is it that right now is making intercession for you? Who is it that's going to come back to make you and all things new? Who is it that even now is making you a kingdom of priests unto our God? There's only one name that answers all those questions. And that's why we honor Ronnie, but we exalt Jesus. I want to end with one of my favorite prayers of the church called anima christi it was written about 700 years ago and it's one i pray daily let us pray soul of christ sanctify me body of christ save me blood of christ inebriate me water from the side of christ wash me passion of christ strengthen me O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds hide me. Suffer me not to be separated from thee. From the malignant enemy defend me. And in the hour of my death call me and bid me come unto thee that with all thy saints I may praise thee forever and ever. Amen. Bless you, Ronnie.
15: I'm going to lead you guys in a chorus of well done (laughs) Miki. (laughs)
16: Thank <laughs>
1: Microphone.
0: So,
16: testing just keeps getting better, doesn't it? Yeah.
17: <laughs> I need
16: to meet this
0: Ronnie
17: guy.
16: <laughs> We've seen it for years. Dear Pastor Meek, thank you for selecting a 2021 Premier Scotland Golf Vacation. <laughs> Your trip will be something that you will treasure for a lifetime. You will be traveling starting May 15th, Saturday, May 15th, going to Scotland with Wade Hutchison, Todd Hutchison, and Sam Watson. <laughs> you will be playing the Fairmont Golf Course, King's Barn Golf Course, St. Andrew's New Course, <laughs> Dunbarney, Barney Carnuzzi, and the old course at St. Andrews. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to keep score. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, the congregation, unbeknownst to you, took up an offering for you this last month. And I've put this in the back of this portfolio. Maybe.
17: Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, give me this microphone. You guys, I mean, seriously, uh, yeah, Uh, all I can say is you guys. But I want to say something uh, to this guy, and I also want to say something to you guys. Uh, I'm not retiring because I'm old (laughs) or because I'm tired. I am retiring because I really genuinely felt like God said, it's time. And I have learned over the years that when you genuinely believe God has said something, you do it. Yeah. You know, otherwise you just, what, what, what are you doing? And so I'm actually retiring for you because come here, Kevin, <laughs> uh, God has chosen Kevin to lead this church. The scripture says that any, that someone who is a, uh, a, tr- a teacher of the law and a true disciple of the kingdom is like a homeowner who brings out treasures both old and new and this, this this man, the things that you love about this church will not change but this church is going to change big time because he's going to be able to bring some things new that I couldn't bring and so it's time uh, and I have some things for you. I have three things for you, uh, this, this lion I'm re-gifting, <laughs> you've probably seen it in my office. Yeah. And as I was cleaning out my office and getting ready to take every things out, the Holy Spirit said, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's not yours now, that, that, that belongs to Kevin. And uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, about about lions, you know, I mean, they, they can roar. Well, let me tell you, if you've been close to one when it, even if you're in Bruce Goble's car, if you've been close to one when it roars, you remember it. And then, uh, and they're fierce and they're strong, but they only use that in times of genuine need and to protect those that are under their care. Yeah. And so you need to remember that. Yeah. And then secondly, this lion, I don't know if you noticed, but it's not to scale. Uh, <laughs> you're the little lion. Yeah. And so it's a reminder that there is a lion. Ray was talking about him. The one that gets exalted. Yeah, And He's got you covered. Yeah, he's got you covered. And then I also... Uh, I'm re-gifting <laughs> this pouch. It has a polished stone in it. I don't know if I've ever shown it to you. It's got a word on it. I'm not going to tell anybody what the word is. You read it. You can tell whoever you want to tell. Okay. But uh, it's one I think you're going to need, and it belongs to you as, as well. There needs to be some mystery, so yeah. I'll just leave yeah. that a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> and then the third thing that I have for you is a blessing. Uh, would you all stretch out your hands? Father, I, I thank you for Kevin. I thank you for the calling that you placed on his life. And I pray three things for uh, him. I pray that you would sustain him and give him the grace that he needs to be sustained in times of discouragement, in times of adversity, because I know that they will come. This is a, I already have, I'm sure, in many cases. But Lord, I pray that you would sustain him because your call and your word does sustain us. And so pray, I pray that you would bless him with that. I pray that you would secondly bless him with true allies, Lord God. Uh, People who are joined at the heart with him. People who will speak truth to him and to whom he can speak truth. People who can disagree with him and still love him and walk with him. Father, I pray that you would give him true allies, people who, who love him more than they love their ambitions and who love you more than they love him. And then thirdly, father, I pray that you would grant him wisdom. I pray that you would grant him the wisdom to lead these people, to lead those that you're going to send his way. I pray that you would grant him the wisdom to know the difference between his ideas and your voice. Yes. I pray that you would grant him ultimately the wisdom to know when it's time in Jesus name amen Before Alan starts crying, I just feel compelled to say, it may feel
18: like it, but this is not my funeral. That's right. I came down because I'm part of you and the eldership is part of you. So when we pray this prayer, good Lord Keenan, get a minute in it. When it comes time, I'm going to have you stand with us to bless our pastor. Let me say this. Not yet, I'll tell you when. Notice some of us are wearing Giants shirts. Part of it is because, yes, that's his favorite team, the New York Giants. But there's a... Sam you old people understand. His first and favorite team was the New York Giants. No. And Sam, then they uh, moved to the West Coast, but when say, you played I in that. Little League... <laughs> 58 and I, and I, 59. Did we mention our pastor was competitive? Stand there and let us bless you. But the other part of the significance of these shirts is there's not a man up here who's not been in a broken place in our lives. David faced a giant and brought salvation to a nation. But this man, some of the words are grace and mercy and love. And he he has showered and overwhelmed us with grace, mercy, and love who made us giants in the kingdom and took broken men to place an eldership to serve you. And so as an eldership, we are grateful. I knew when Pastor Kevin asked me a couple weeks ago, I want you to pray over the elders prayer. I went, you better write this down because you'll blubber as soon as you start. So it's written, but I'm going to tell you it was written over two weeks ago everything that you have seen and heard today is almost word for word in this prayer. But we're going to pray it anyway as an echo and an amen on amen. So would you stand with me? Brothers, yes. gather around our pastor. Father, your word tells us in Hebrews to remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you and considering the result of their conduct imitate their faith. Today, Lord, it is with honor we recognize and remember this one, your servant Ronnie, who has faithfully served you by watching over, caring for, and feeding your flock in Smyrna for over 33 years. We say together as leaders who have served him, and as a congregation who has been served by him, thank you. Thank you for a man who in his human imperfections desired and chose to serve you through the perfection of the Holy Spirit and in his own weakness has allowed you to empower him and to perfect the giftings and abilities that you placed within him for service to the kingdom of God and to this fellowship of this house of believers. Thank you Lord for the friend and the brother, the mentor and teacher that he has been to so many in the faith over his 40 plus years of ministry many of which gather here today in watching online to celebrate this legacy of ministry at Smyrna Assembly in Springhouse. We are truly grateful. And now, Lord, we ask you as he moves onward to the next stage, the next level of his life, that ministry will continue to flow forth from him as your vessel. Though he may not find himself behind a pulpit from week to week, I ask that you expand his ministry reach in his day-to-day living. Open new doors for travel and ministry. Grant days of solemnity with you and moments of rest and reflection. May he finish his race strong with diligence and purchase, purpose in such a way that he may, as the Apostle Peter said, receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Be his protector and great reward. Grant him health and joy and the fullness of life that comes only from you and all the rest of the days of his life. We thank you for the blessing and gift of having Pastor Ronnie in our lives. Thank you for what you have grown here in Smyrna through his ministry and for the amazing things that are coming in Christ Jesus at Springhouse. And let the people say, amen. amen. One last thing. One last quick. One.
9: Um thank you. Thank you. As uh, as your last uh as your last moment as Lee Pastor here, would you bless us for the final time? Okay. <laughs> All right, raise your hand. Uh
17: As a lead pastor, yes, maybe I'll get to do this again at some point. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent His Son into the world to show us how much God loves us and what God looks like. May He be your pattern. May He be your example. May He be exalted in your life. May you worship Him in spirit and in truth. And may your lives be filled with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Through Jesus Christ our
4: Lord. Amen. Amen.